touchdown passes last year. This one's knocked up. Bowers tips it to himself, and he'll score. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of College Football Talk with Hunter and Dylan. Mm-hmm. We are here. This is episode 40. Episode 40. Yes, I do mm-hmm. keep track. So we are 10 episodes away. Oh, just a couple more weeks, actually, because we go two episodes a week. So you're almost yeah. big episode 50. How's that feel? That's, a, that's crazy. Like, that's actually so crazy that. Yeah. We've gotten to this to this level already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are here for week six recap, mm-hmm. as we always do here on this glorious Tuesday night, where yep. uh, much to talk about. A lot of games happened this weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, the Penguins are playing right now. Shout out Pittsburgh! They just gave up a goal, so yeah. it is tied in two. Not good, but. We're here talking about college football for the most part, as I will get distracted numerous times here. Anyway, like I said, a bunch of games to talk about. We got overreaction or no, winners and losers mm-hmm. of the week. And I think we hop right into it, actually, yep. right before. Make sure you're subscribing. Lacking in subscription mm-hmm. department, guys, we need more subscribers. Yeah. Let's get it rolling. We are trying to get to 100 subscribers for the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But we haven't seen any subscribers New ones, at least, in the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, and we we believe in you guys, though. We believe yes. you guys will help us out. Yes, we need more. Come on, guys, you got this. We mm-hmm. can get more. Just hit that subscribe button. It's free. Just yeah. it takes less than a second. It says bam, and you already subscribe. Mm-hmm. If you have a Gmail account, so quick, so quick. subscribe. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get one, just make one. Subscribe. Yeah. yeah, it's free. It takes a couple seconds, and then you know. Watch us, hit that like button. If you're on mm-hmm. Spotify, listen to us there and follow yep. us there. Make sure you guys are doing all that because it would really help out the pod. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it does. Yes. So, with all that being said, we will hop right into it with, I think, the most anticipated game of the week coming in was the yeah. Red, River, Red River Rivalry, or as some people like to call it, the Red River Shootout, as it once was. Don't know mm-hmm. why it was changed. That's not for me to get into. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. Anyway, Oklahoma wins 34-30 in an absolute thriller, a mm-hmm. classic Big 12 game where it just yep. it chaos assumed or, or just happened all over. There were crazy plays happening, points were being scored. Yeah. And uh you know, Texas hits a late field goal. Some people are thinking Steve Sarkeesian took the foot off the gas pedal, really could have 
ate some more clock up, got into a closer field goal, yeah. maybe just the, send the final dagger, chose not to hit a field goal with about left about a minute and 11 on the clock. Right down here. Oklahoma mm-hmm. goes down the field, scores a touchdown with 15 seconds left, and OU remains undefeated. They moved up to number five in the AP poll, where Texas dropped from number three to number nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, you know, if you watched the game early, it felt like it was all OU, and then Texas kind of made a late push or a little middle. It felt like first quarter was all OU. Second quarter yep. felt more Texas. Third quarter was all OU. And then the fourth quarter was should have been Texas. And then OU just kind of stayed there. Yeah. And then was the last, you know, the old saying, last te- team with the last, or team with the ball last tip might will win this game. That's how it yeah. was in reality here. Yeah. I mean, the thing that jumps out at you right away is that Texas outgained them. I, by you know, they had 527 total yards. They had third. They had the ball for 32 minutes. You know, they had they not only had more yardage, but had the ball longer, and they still lost. Yeah. So the biggest thing. That, yeah. Go ahead. Finish what you're gonna say. I was gonna say I think the biggest thing that really killed Texas is I think we're both thinking the same thing is turnovers. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, is there a better way to describe why Texas lost this game? I mean. The turnovers killed. It was on the first mm-hmm. drive of the game. Ewers had yep. two, two. He was responsible for all three of the turnovers. Two picks. One of them was more of like a tip drill. So yeah, you know you could point fingers there. But a bad turnover early, the fumble mm-hmm. in the red zone or the interception in the red zone, and then a fumble, which he lost it. Yeah. You know, like you said, Texas out outgained him five hundred twenty-seven to four eighty-six. Mm-hmm. They had more time in possession. They had more rushing yards. I mean, Jonathan Brooks had over 120 yards rushing. He had a touchdown. I mean, yep. that touchdown that gave him life tied the game up. But I think the biggest thing that maybe some people aren't talking about is, so going into the game, Texas was ranked 64th in the country in red zone offense. Mm-hmm. You know, nine field goals to 11 touchdowns. So, you know, they're scoring, but it's like maybe they're leaving points out there. Yeah, with field goals, especially like you, you want to probably be scoring more touchdowns, and it shouldn't be as close of a margin. Yeah. Well, here's the red zone. Turnover on or here in order, interception, touchdown, field goal, turnover on downs. So realistically, ten points out of four drives, mm-hmm. and that turnover on downs, four plays from the one yard line. Not pretty. Not pretty. Not a, you know, that's, I would think if I was Steve Sarkeesian, that's what we're focusing on all this week, right? Yeah. Red zone zone plays, red zone plays, red zone plays. What is our problem? Why can't we score touchdowns? I mean, they can't score. I mean, at the end of the day, though, is that even something you could fix through one, even just a week? Because, I mean, that's like play calling. I mean, that's almost like you are who you are, though. Mm hmm. But that has to be play calling. It's not like, it's not like Texas has a bad offense. They have a fantastic offense unless they're fifteen yards from the end zone. They didn't I mean, make any sense. No, and I would realistically like to say that I thought Texas would control the line of scrimmage more on defense, mm-hmm. especially. Yeah. It was realistically, it was really the opposite. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they allowed Dylan Gabriel, who played a fantastic game. He had yeah, 285 yards on the top. He had 200 and he had 398 total yards of offense, 113 on the ground, 285 mm-hmm. through the air. He each had a touchdown both ways. Yeah. But, you know, Texas's defense, one sack, only five turn, only five tackles for losses and zero turnovers. Oklahoma's off defense, five sacks, 10 ta- tackles for losses and three turnovers. I mean, there was your game right there. Yeah. I mean, that's it. <laughs> Inability to stop the quarterback. Mm hmm. And not getting pressure. Yeah. That's there it was right there. I mean, I, that, had, I mean that's that's the key stat that really, you know. You could also throw in I mean it was kind of funny, both teams were five of fourteen on third down. Mm-hmm. But a big stat maybe not a lot of people are also talking about Texas nine penalties for seventy yards. That's not gonna get you right. That's not good. That won't get you anywhere. Not good at all. But uh as we're looking at a big hole, I think you know, Quinn Ewers have really started rough. Played mm-hmm. really well down the – really well in that second half. Yeah. Played, I mean, really well. And I don't think Texas is out of the woods yet. I Realistically, this, these two teams will probably play each other again yeah. in the Big 12 title game, which is so funny. But, you know, if you're – I mean, the, then You can go ahead. Yeah. I would say if you're Texas, you control your own destiny still. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you, if you, if you, you went out, you get the opportunity to make up your loss. Yes. It was a four-point loss. It was in the Cotton Bowl, a neutral site. You get to not only do that, but you get to play them in Dallas again. Yeah. Same city. Be cool well, if it was the same stadium. It's more but, Arlington, you know. but... Yeah, that's all the same area. But, you know, if you're Texas, you get the opportunity that many other teams will not get this year to make up a loss. All yeah. you All you have to do is win out. So if you're Texas, the season is not over. The season no. is not even close to over. No, it's not. They uh, they have a manageable schedule, too, down the stretch. Mm-hmm. So I'm not expecting them to fall. OU, same. I mean, yeah. they still have to play OU. I know it still has to go to Oklahoma State. You know, they have not West fun. Virginia. Not they fun. have they, – I think they have BYU, too. But Yeah, they play UCF, too. Well, UCF's nothing. So Yeah, but you never know. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, any given Saturday. Yeah. Any mm-hmm. given Saturday. Ask USC how that fought lays. Yeah. Freaking Penguins just gave up the lead. Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> can't. They're losing right now, so can't happen. Anyway. Hold you, man. But both teams are going to be fine. If OU keeps winning, look out. I mean. I, yeah. But I, I, I would bet money that these two teams would meet again later on this year. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, I don't know. I don't no. know. You never know. You never know. But I think it's time for us to move on to our next game, which is Alabama taking on Texas A and M. Well, they did Ooh. take each other on. <laughs> Bama goes to College Station and mm-hmm. takes down the Aggies twenty-six to twenty in a very just weird game. I was yeah. watching it. I had it on the TV here, and, you know, going into the game, you know, we're talking about, you know, A&M's going to, you know, the defensive line mm-hmm. is going to cover up a little bit of what lacks in the back end for Tech's, or for that secondary for A&M, which yeah. is they do, they will give up the big play. Right. If they don't get pressured, they are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we were talking about Jalen Milrow hasn't showed it yet, or hasn't been a Bama receiver that's stepped up at all. And, 
you know, they did. They did. Jalen Milrow played a one his best game of his career, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Bama's O line held up. They outplayed. They outplayed him on the O line, the D line too. I mean, yeah. Bama's defense was just going was all over the place on A and M, especially late in that game. I was like, I mean, I'm mean, like, isn't it, they're swap? Did they swap roles a half or something? Because it was like a totally different old D line. Like they just completely controlled the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and it affected the game because A and M could not get anything going after like. They only scored three points going in that entire second half. I mean, completely got neutralized. Yeah. So what's the what's the best way to talk about this game? I I mean, I, the the thing that immediately jumps to me is to say, you know, what's next for Jimbo Fisher, right? Yeah. Like I think just as a fan of the sport, you go, oh man. This guy has the exact same record as Kevin Sumlin, which, by the way, is the most astonishing thing I've ever seen. You know, some of the decisions Jimbo made, the one that sticks out the most was a fourth and one. Yep. Yep. I knew, they, yeah. They were around, I feel like, midfield because they pun ended up punting instead of going mm-hmm. for it. And it's just like, are you seriously? Did you did you hear what he said in the post game about why they punted instead of going for it? What did he say? Um, if it was closer, we would have gone for it in that situation. They punted the ball from the Bama forty-five. It was yeah. fourth and one. Yep, it was fourth and one. And at the it was a they were tie in game Bama at that territory. They ended up they giving up a it. touchdown down. They ended up going down the field on the mm-hmm. like two plays after that punt. They ended Bama yeah. ended up back up at midfield. And I think the punt was a touchback too, wasn't it? It might have been. And I was saying, as someone that had, you know, A and M money line, you know, yeah, I was, I was absolutely, but I was, I was drinking the A and M, drinking the A and M Kool Aid. Yeah, you know, we mixed a little A and M in this Gatorade Zero. But you know, we found out that it was rat poison. It was rat poison. It was mm-hmm. tasty rat poison. Yeah, as and they got us good. It just felt like I was saying, I said to myself, I was like, Jesus, Bama started the, every drive. It felt like from midfield. It yeah. was like one play and they were at midfield. Now Bama got hurt again by penalties, which stalled a bunch of drives for them. Mm-hmm. But listen, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. You know, I did not think Jalen Miller was going to have it in him. Yeah. But man, 321 yards, three touchdowns. He had a bad pick, but ended up not mattering because – the uh, A&M ended up, I believe, turning the ball right back over mm-hmm. like a play later, so it didn't matter. And then Jermaine Burton, nine catches, 197 yards, touchdown, or uh, <laughs> he had two touchdowns. You know, he came into the game with only 189 yards in total in receiving. Yeah. So he completely shreds that off uh, A&M secondary. Mm-hmm. They outrushed him. Or uh, – Excuse me. They did not outrush him. Neither team ran the ball effectively well at all. Ba- I mean, Bama only ran for 23 yards. They had 14 penalties, though, for 99 yards, which really hurt them in stalling some drives. Yeah. But, I mean, it ended up not mattering. So, and, you know, like we kind of talked about 
we thought really thought winner this game. Whoever was going to win this was really going to get that inside track to the West. And you know, Bama got it. So I mean, Bama. yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, that's the best way to put it. I, I mean, mean, I I still think there's a lot of football left this season, and you know, I want to believe just because I love chaos that we're coming in for the three way tie in the West. We could, which would, which would be, in my opinion, the greatest thing to ever happen in SEC conference history. Like, yeah, if I if mean, Ole Miss, Alabama, and LSU all finish with one in conference loss, it's just unlikely because Bama's. This was really Bama's toughest game because it was on the road. They're really mm-hmm. their toughest game next on the road is maybe Kentucky, but Kentucky doesn't yeah. have a passing offense, mm-hmm. and I doubt they're not going to be able to run the ball well. They get yeah. Tennessee and LSU at home. Mm-hmm. And Auburn's no match, really, I don't think. So it's, yeah, but you know, I mean, it's Auburn. You never know at the Iron Bowl, but still, I mean, mm-hmm. I just, Auburn does not, isn't this year at least, they're not built at all. If, if it's not a Jordan Hare, it doesn't, it's Auburn's not winning that game. And this just felt like the year for AM if they were going to do anything. It was going to mm-hmm. be this year. It was yeah. all, it was perfectly uh, ready. And willing for them to like take control and win the West. Mm-hmm. And they get them at home, and again they just fall short. Some of the boneheaded decisions, you know, it's going to fall back on Jimbo Fisher. That defense, that secondary, just did not hold up at all. Yeah, but, you know, credit to Ben. I just, I just, I just, I wonder what you do with your A and M at this point, because you, you're. What are, you we, can't, are, are we? Are you going to buy him out? Are we five or six seasons in now under Jimbo? Something like that. So five or six seasons in. He hasn't won the SEC. He hasn't won the West. He hasn't been in the playoffs. They've gone to one New Year's Six Bowl. And they're not winning the, they're not winning the West this year. It's called underperforming at its finest. I mean, I, I just I don't know what you do if you're AM at this point. You got to. Probably wait till his his contract's up because there ain't no way they're buying him out. Dude, that's like it's that's like about as long as the ACC like rights agreement. <laughs> like I be, I believe it's like legitimately fourteen years left on his contract. That's crazy. Because he signed a ten year extension when he was on a ten year contract. Uh, but yeah, let's give kudos to Bama. Like I said, Jimbo. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're gonna do in A and M. You know. You signed through 2030. That was their second loss. You know, but just like Bama, though, that was their – not like Bama, but, you know, they lost the out-of-conference game, but this was the first in-conference loss. So they're kind of mm-hmm. in the same boat with LSU. So – but listen, anything can happen. This division's still probably yeah. still wide open. Issue is so now too. they do fall about – was it a game or two back of Bama? Mm-hmm. But listen – They're, you know, they're it, a game – yeah. Problem. This was like this was going to be. This was like I think the final kill shot that you could have taken Bama out, mm-hmm. and they did. So, hey, you never know. Maybe the Rebels. This is their year. Maybe, maybe we're going to move on though, because there was a absolute destruction, mm-hmm. crushing, dominating win for the Georgia Bulldogs, the top ranked Georgia Bulldogs. Over the twentieth ranked Kentucky Wildcats, and uh, it was a fifty-one thirteen win for Georgia as they got a night game at home. And oh boy, man, it looked good there. Mm-hmm. 
just completely one-sided from start to finish as Georgia cruises, like I said, 51-13. Carson Beck, 389 yards to the air, four touchdowns. He had one pick, but, you know, he was trying to force yeah. something. It wasn't there. His first half was 307 yards, three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He started the game, I believe, 11 of 11 or 12 of 12, including two touchdowns there. They, uh, boy, oh boy, they just came out. They finally played a complete game of hockey or hockey. I got hot. Complete game of football <laughs> from start to finish as the Penguins lost. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have some deep thinking later tonight. Anyway, yeah, I told you. stop it. Listen, uh, you don't go to the playoffs after one game, okay? It's an 82-game okay. game. Okay, so you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I am right. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, stop it. But Georgia, you know, we were finally wondering if – we were finally wondering if they were going to be able to, you know, stop with the slow starts mm-hmm. and just get out – jump out early. Yeah. Or at least score a touchdown and not wait till the second quarter to fall behind and do something. And they did. From mm-hmm. the minute they got the ball, it was down the yep. field, touchdown. Down the field, touchdown. They scored in their first six possessions. And Kentucky really hurt themselves with penalties. I mean, mm-hmm. just stupid, boneheaded penalties where they would be in. They'd be driving the football. They drove the football decent against that yeah. defense. I mean, but they would get to about midfield of the 40, and then there would be a holding call. Mm-hmm. Or it was a unsportsmanlike conduct call. Yeah. And those were two huge drive killers early in the game because the game was still intact a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then it killed the drive, and then they had to end up punting. And I believe when it was still 14 nothing. Georgia had Kentucky had forced had forced a three and out. They were going to get the ball back right after the third down play. They got a guy who just for some reason I don't know just completely just bodies just charges and knocks over uh, Cedric Van Pran I believe mm-hmm. who it was, and he gets called for a penalty. I mean it was just after the play, dumb call extends yeah. the drive for Georgia. They go down the field, score a touchdown. And that point it's like geez. 34 7 and a half, and then they ended up putting 50 on the board. But listen, I mean, I'll, I'll, you, I'll let you have uh, whatever your thought I mean, was here. I'm gonna pull I, this stat. I, like, I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't watch much of this game. I was, you know, busy uh, driving a car, so I didn't get much time. My phone died halfway through when I was trying to listen to it on the radio. So I did watch the first drive for Kentucky and. I mean, they didn't look great. <laughs> no. I mean, it looked like it completely got dominated by Georgia. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is your game, though. Is there anything specific you want to bring up about this game? Well, so, you know, coming in, we were talking about how if Kentucky, you know, Kentucky had rushed for over mm-hmm. 300 yards against Florida. Like, this is why people thought, you know, they were going to be able to attack Georgia with the run game after they saw yeah. what the Auburn did. But I was never worried because Kentucky is a team that's built they run the ball that is in our favor defensively where mm-hmm. they are more of a power team where they're just going to hand it off. There's no quarterback runs or anything like that. They don't get fancy. Yeah. They hand the ball off to Ray Davis and 
they run it right at you. But that mm-hmm. is, they plays right into our favor in a in a show tonight Saturday. I mean, they yeah. only had fifty five yards on the ground on twenty four carries, only averaged about two point three yards a rush. Mm-hmm. Completely neutralized that, and you know. And we both thought Devin Leary was not going to be good enough to passing the ball because we hadn't even seen it yet, but we just mm-hmm. was not good enough, and it showed. I mean, yeah. He only had 128 yards. on. He did have two touchdowns, but they were junk time touchdowns. I mean, just a complete one-sided flip, 33 to 12 in first downs, yeah. 608 yards to 183 in total yards. Georgia threw for 435 yards between him and Vandergrift. They averaged 10.4 yards <laughs> a pass. That's wild. I mean, they outrushed them 173 to 55. 37 to 22 in time of possession. Just a complete and utter dominant win. Mm-hmm. Brock Bowers, seven receptions, 132 yards, and another touchdown. I mean, he is on his way to the Heisman. If he's not in New York, again, I'm going to continue to say it. I'll harp on it on all year. He, if he's not in New York, there needs to be real deep thinking about this the award because there should be no way. I don't care if he doesn't win it. He better be there. Yeah. But that was my – if I'm going to take anything away before we'll move on, I'm mm-hmm. going to say defensively, I thought they played well to have the cornerbacks. Secondary played well for Georgia. Yeah. They just seem to lack pressure on the quarterback. And they got three linemen. Their three down linemen are all seniors. And they just mm-hmm. have a hard time getting – they don't have, like, a Jalen Carter this year. Yeah. They don't have a Jordan Davis that can just game wreckers. Mm-hmm. And at, le- at least interior-wise, you know, they got Brinson Stackhouse and uh, Zion Logue, who are great guys. They're more run stuffers, though. Mm-hmm. They, they're they not more – they – rely on their outside guys on their ends and Williams and Smundin and Chaz Chambliss to really get home. And they need to play Jalen Walker needs to play more on the outside. They need, they just, they need to get pressure more because eventually they're going to play quarterback still like Joe Milton, Brady cook and Jackson dart, where if you're not going to get pressure on these guys, they're going to start carving you up. So that's where, if there's anything, they started getting pressure later in the game mm-hmm. when Kentucky still had their first team offense in, and we started first team in D in. You know, Dumas Johnson was in there, Jalen Walker was in there, so like they were just getting sacks. But I want to see more pressure. That's yeah. all I think I was nicky about, and I think I tweeted it too. But yeah, that's the only thing. It's they just got to find a way to get pressure more on the quarterback. That was my only thing I took away. But mm-hmm. other than that, a complete dominant win for Georgia. Yeah. They completely crushed anybody that was doubting them about starting slow or having a chance of losing. Mm-hmm. They extend. Here's one for you. Padlock stat. Shout out, Josh Pate. All right. All right. Uh, this extends their winning streak against Kentucky to 14 games. They haven't oh, lost okay. to Kentucky since 07. Mm-hmm. Right. That bath. Up somewhere like that, not 07. What would be 14? Would be uh 11, 2000. No, it was 07. Never mind. I can pull it up for you real quick. I can tell you exactly. They haven't lost now. They extend their winning streak to 23. 
uh, 23 games consecutive winning streak. They haven't lost a regular season game since 2009. 2009. Okay. So they haven't lost a regular season game since 2020. That was against Florida. They haven't lost a game since 2021, the SEC title game. Yep. They extend their SEC winning streak to, uh, I believe, 30 games. Don't count me on that one. But just complete dominant run mm-hmm. by Georgia. And they keep rolling. So, But we're going to move on to Louisville, Notre Dame. Louisville. As- Louisville. Louisville. But as we both thought, I think no, you thought Notre Dame was still going to win. I yeah, I still picked Notre Dame. Well, you're not. That's but, why, you know you're just lacking in that department. I said I want to pick Louisville. You just didn't trust him enough. Yep. Well, Louisville gets done thirty-three twenty. You should have, mm-hmm. and which was a great atmosphere there. Louisville pulls off the upset, even though they were ranked, but still. Mm-hmm. Big-time top 10 win for Jeff Brom and his first-year gang. Yeah. As they get a big signature win. And, you know, we thought going in that either Notre Dame was going to be able to control the line of scrimmage and just kind of limit Louisville's possessions and just lean on uh, August uh, uh, Estime Mm -hmm. to kind of just run the rock. But honestly, Louisville was the one that did that. I mean, hundred. Here's your fun. Here's your key stat for you. Okay. Okay. Hundred and eighty-five to forty-four rushing yards. Louisville favored him. Notre Dame averaged one point six yards a carry. Yeah, I would say their top rusher had thirty-seven yards. And it wasn't even estimate. Mm-hmm. Another was- stat I think you really do need to bring up if you want to talk about this game is Notre Dame having five turnovers. Five turnovers. Mm-hmm. Only rushing for 44 yards. Yeah. And Sam Hartman goes two touchdowns for three picks, where Jack Plummer goes 145 and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But they're, but you let Joar Jordan rush for 143 yards and two TDs. That'll do it for you. Yeah. That I mean, that's how you lose football games right there. I mean, Audric Estime only had 20, 20 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. That will do it. And. Yeah. Honestly, it was a couple late touchdowns for Notre Dame that even just made it closer than what it actually finished to be. Mm -hmm. But this is why I kind of thought, and some other people did think too, I think you kind of did, but Notre Dame had played two tough games against Ohio State and Duke. Yeah. And now you have Louisville. You're at Louisville. It's a night game. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, you got USC back at home on deck. It's like, do you think these? I mean, these. Do you think these guys are going to be able to up, be up for this one? And it just kind of felt like they were worn down. Yeah. And it showed. It really showed. I think Louisville came out. They were the more jammed up. They were the more juice team. Mm-hmm. And they got the win because of it. So credit yeah. to Louisville. They Absolutely. keep rolling six and zero. Dylan, mm-hmm. there is a wide open race right now in the ACC. I mean. Sure, yeah. See, he's we'll scared, guys. He won't tell you, you know, tell you but he's I'm, a little I'm not nervous. scared. We don't play any of those teams. That's So that's the funny thing. So Florida State, North Carolina, and Louisville don't play each other. Yeah. So let's just call this hypothetical, maybe. Mm-hmm. What if we get to the end of the point in the season? You have all these, all three of them 
Same. All both. All you guys went out. Yeah. Who's who? How do we decide this? It's it's uh points against conference of opponents, I believe. Like the old uh, runs allowed, runs scored. Yeah, yeah. Tournament play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that actually, I think it would be Florida State and um, North Carolina. I think. Yeah. Is right now, who it would be? Which is I'm fine yeah. with because boy, oh boy, Drake May and the gang are just cruising. Yeah, they look good. They look pretty good. They look good. You guys gave up a couple points to Virginia Tech that you shouldn't have. Well, the defense just, only gave up 10 points. All right, relax. The defense gave up 10 points. I mean, I don't say what you want, but, you know. the defense I wish really, we could talk about Florida defense, State more. Defense didn't give up um, any points in the second half of the game. I wish we could talk about Florida State. They just don't play anybody. You know, it must be that strength schedule. I mean, hey, man. <laughs> All right. I think we move on, though. Good job by Louisville. They keep rolling. Notre Dame is effectively out of the playoff conversation, in my opinion. But they could, they are gone. Effect, no, that's the same. No, thing. don't. No, but gone. but they can play spoiler mode now for teams like USC, and that's about it. So yeah, I mean, as you draw a blank after that because well, you know, well, Clemson was still there, but Clemson decided to not play well in the start of the year. So yeah, we're gonna I move on Clemson though. Beats. Because if you weren't awake by this time, USC mm-hmm. at home, at home, and you know yeah. how much I love USC, mm-hmm. survives in overtime, triple overtime for that matter, against Arizona, the yeah. Wildcats, who only lost by seven last week to Washington, mm-hmm. are below a 17 nothing lead early. To USC, USC just looks completely flat out of the break or out of the gates. Caleb Williams played one of his worst games, probably of his career. Mm-hmm. Fourteen to twenty-five, he only two nineteen, two hundred nineteen yards rush or passing, and only had a touchdown. I mean, just gross early. Noah Fafita for Arizona, their quarterback. Apologize if I just completely blanked on that. Man, he played a great game. Three hundred three yards, five touchdowns. But again, that defense, that defense is going to end up killing them. And it about did. Here you go. Total yards 506 to 365 in favor of Arizona. Arizona had 28 to 23 in first downs, 8 of 16 on third downs. They were mm-hmm. 2 of 2 on fourth down. They averaged eight, almost nine yards a pass. They rushed for 203 yards. What really killed them was 99 yards of penalties on 12 of them. Yeah. Which really hurt them. USC just sluggish all over. I mean, if you're just looking at stats alone, I mean, three of nine on third down. They only had 146 yards rushing. They made the big play late in the third or in the third overtime that ended up sealing it, but uh, just not good. I don't know. Maybe if you think so, but. Could mate was it? A, you think a look ahead spot? Uh, yeah. I mean, either that, and I think Arizona isn't as bad as people thought to start the season. I mean, they've kept it close with both USC and no. uh, Washington in back to back weeks. I mean, they obviously aren't horrible. No, but I do think um, uh, they really Arizona really should have just gone for two. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. They should have gone for two instead of 
and the end of well, the, the coach overtime, didn't know. <laughs> the well, kid, I was, when you're I, the learning, the learning behind the scenes that the, the head coach did not know how overtime worked, which is a completely separate argument or mm-hmm. thing. I can go, we can probably both go yeah. on because I don't know about you, but I think the overtime rules are stupid. Why did they yeah. change it to begin with? I mean, I know because they were they were scared of having another one of those the National Communist Against Athletes League committee needs to relax. Okay, they it was perfect. You know, we had instant classics like A and M and LSU, and now you have we're seventy four seventy two, and then a couple years later, now you got Penn State and Illinois going to nine, and it's twenty three to twenty one. Yeah. I don't like the two-point rule. I think it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Put them all back at the 25 as it should be. Yeah. And force a team to score. Mm-hmm. I think the two-point rule is dumb. And, you know, and when you're a team that's a 21-and-a-half-point underdog on the road, you have a shot to end them. Take the chance. You got nothing to lose. Why would you extend the game to put yourself in a spot where you are inevitably going to lose? Mm-hmm. And that's what Arizona did. Yeah. Now, who's to say they even get it? But you know, at least make the effort. Make the effort. That's what Colorado State didn't do either against Colorado, and they ended up losing. Arizona ends up doing it. Mm-hmm. If you're USC, the defense is going to kill you next week and moving forward. When you have Notre Dame, you have Washington, you have Oregon, and we talked about this last week. You have UCLA. And Utah still on top. Yeah, you are. The offense is not going to be able to keep the water out of the boat any longer. Sooner or later, they are going to sink to the bottom of the Pacific Ocean because of this. We're going off geographics. Yeah, and you have to agree with me, right? I mean, this defense is going to cost them games. I, we will see. That's my biggest thing is what we will see. I do think it's funny. I saw a thing out there. So somehow their defense is so bad, but they, I don't know how, they lead the nation in tackles for loss. Yeah, I don't know. but that, that makes no sense, right? It doesn't make sense, and it also doesn't make sense why they're in a one-score game. They get mm-hmm. taken to the very last couple minutes with Arizona State. Yep. They only win by 14. You almost let Colorado come back and beat you. They only won yeah. by seven. And then you had to go to triple overtime to beat Arizona. Mm-hmm. And that's even before the bye. That's after the bye. Well, yeah, it was after your bye. But, I mean, that's just the easy part of your schedule. And you're doing that now? Yeah. What are you going to do two weeks from now when you got to play bigger and better teams? I think. I do think it'd be really funny if they come out and they beat like Notre Dame like 35 nothing. Like they just click all of a sudden. I do think that'd be really funny. I have a better but... chance of flying to the moon and back before they would ever do that. Well, well, I don't know about that, Hunter. All no. right. No. Relax. I'm listen, I'm just saying this team's gonna get you think Hartman, I'm telling you, Hartman is gonna have a bounce back game next week. And Aud- Audric Estime. Mm-hmm. Pray for the souls of USC. They might run for 300 yards. I'm just, just saying. Just saying. Just oh my saying. gosh. But we'll get to that. I'm telling you, you think I'm crazy. Put yeah. your money where your mouth is. That's what I thought. 
Okay. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Just saying. Relax. All right. We will head on now to LSU. Taking on Missouri. Well, they already did. I don't know why I keep saying they take it on as if it's about to happen. LSU wins 49-39 in Columbia. A mm-hmm. very back and forth, wild outs, wild, you know, shootout is really what it was. Mm-hmm. And the Tigers of LSU come back and cover. Oh, yeah. Jaden Daniels, my God. I mean, if the defense played any sort of better or just had mm-hmm. a brain cell on how to tackle and play coverage, he would be a Heisman favorite. Yeah. They should be 5-1 and one against Old Miss. Mm-hmm. The FSU game, I'll still give you because I think lack, I think depth really showed there. Yeah, I mean they lost by what three touchdowns? They got outscored. Four? Was it thirty-one-seven in the second half? Yeah. Yeah. But outside of that, I mean, they should have beaten Ole Miss by mm-hmm. clearly should have beaten them, but they didn't. You go into Missouri, backs against the wall, in my opinion, got to win to keep your season somewhat alive because of how yeah. crazy the division is. They go in there against a pesky little Missouri team that was 5-0. and And they get a win. They get a big yeah, win. A big win, yeah. Huge win where, with a team that desperately needed it. I thought the defense, I did watch the most, I did watch the entire game. Mm-hmm. The defense played very well in my, for what they've been very much, yeah. very well in that second half, that like mid-third on. Mm-hmm. Really limited and shut, kind of shut down Missouri. Yeah, held them to only I believe one or two touchdowns. Got a couple turnovers. Harold Perkins mm-hmm. looked better. They found something. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a team that's not going to be able to stop anyone. I think it's going to be yeah. more of like limiting teams. You know what I mean? Yeah, they got so they have athletes, right? They, they got some athletes on defense who can make plays. The problem is, I think it's coaching. Coaching, and you know, you bring in all these transfers from last mm-hmm. year, from for this year, from everywhere, and yeah. they're just there's no cohesiveness, nothing that like no sort of gel together, and these guys aren't making any plays. Yeah, I mean, for a second, it was. I mean, Missouri was going up and down the field like whatever they wanted to. Yeah. I mean, we went into half. It was 25-17. Missouri was winning. Yes. I mean, Missouri but, put up 527 yards of offense on LSU's defense. But a big thing, fourth quarter, mm-hmm. fourth quarter, LSU outscores Missouri 22-7. to Yeah. They outscored them the second half 32-14. to That was the big thing. Mm-hmm. Because the defense some found something, and they were able to build on it and kind of keep Missouri in check. Because before that, in the first half, Missouri was doing whatever they wanted to. Yeah. Whatever they wanted to. But again, like I keep saying, you know, I think LSU found something. Jaden Daniels got banged up on a touchdown, got, got called back, got banged up, and, you know, he really just showed when he's one of the toughest guys out there. Mm-hmm. Just complete, like bruised his ribs or something, and let a huge drive down the field on a big run that converted like a third down. Yeah, but I mean, he had another 259 yards to the air, another three touchdowns. He rushed for over a hundred, rushed for 130 yards, another 
three hundred plus total yard game for him. Yeah, Malik Neighbors, who's really come on late this or these past few games, he had another hundred and forty six. Missouri's defense, who we both knew wasn't good. I mean, they allowed Logan Diggs for LSU 134 yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaden Daniels, like I said, 130. Not good. Not good at all. Yeah, no, not very good. Not good at all. Brady Cook played well. He did have two picks. He came into the game with 300 and it was 348 pass attempts. Without mm-hmm. a pick, and then he threw two. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, figures he throws two in the uh game Saturday. Both of them were just like forced, really bad ones, too. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, going into the game, both teams were ranked uh, LSU was 118th in passing yards allowed, and mm-hmm. Missouri was 101st, and both quarterbacks had a field day. Let's just call yeah. it that. Just call that Luther Burden, by the way. He came in first in the country in receiving yards, just casually 11 receptions for 149 yards. Just a casual. <laughs> yeah. No, Neither I mean, team could stop each other. Yeah. I think, you know, there's only the thing I want to say about Missouri is, you know, they, you know, they have not the easiest schedule remaining. Of I think they have one of the hardest schedules, if we're being honest. I think they have. I think they can go to Kentucky next week and beat them. I I think it's very possible, but that's a not an easy one. They play. Then they play South Carolina. Then they go okay. to Athens. Okay. Then they they get Tennessee and Florida at home, and then they have to go to Arkansas. I could still see, and then their over under win total is six and a half. So I think they I, can win seven games. They need two. They need to win two. I to see. Win I see wins Kentucky, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and Arkansas. Maybe Florida. Because how bad Florida is on the road. Yeah, I then, well, I think I think they beat um, I think they beat South Carolina and Florida. I think that offense, that, the offense is good enough to win nine 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 games at least. Yeah, the defense is going to be the thing that's going to be the question mark. I I just think Missouri's going to struggle when they have to go to uh, Arkansas, and then when they play Tennessee and South Carolina, who I still think have slightly better offenses yeah. than Missouri. I think those will be games they'll drop. And then obviously they'll lose to Georgia because it's not even going to be close. <laughs> well, never say never because how. I said, wasn't this a close game a couple years ago? Last year. Last year. Yeah, yeah. Last year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't P- remind PTSD, me about last year. PTSD right there. Don't remind me about what happened <laughs> last year, please. We're going to move on, though, to really a game that really shouldn't, we shouldn't have been talking about, but we have to because of how, what happened. Quite frankly, one of the. Worst endings from a Power 5 team I've ever seen. Yeah, Georgia Tech goes down to Miami and, quite frankly, is handed a win. You know, you don't mm-hmm. – that's that expressions sometimes blown out of proportion and never true, but in this case it was. Miami is in a spot where all they have to do is take a knee. Mm-hmm. Maybe another one. Maybe two knees. Yeah. Georgia Tech's out of timeouts. Miami's up 20 to 17. And they hand the ball off. Instead of taking a knee, they hand mm-hmm. the ball off and presumably fumble the football. Yep. Georgia Tech recovers, goes down, goes down the field, 
74 yards in 26 seconds mm-hmm. and scores a touchdown as time as well with one second left. Yeah. And Miami loses, which kills what would have been an undefeated game heading into Chapel Hill next week when they had to they go to North Carolina. Man, oh man. You, you just want to, you want to say something uh, really funny? What? At with two minutes and four seconds left when Georgia Tech took a timeout, right? Yeah. ESPN gave Miami a ninety nine point nine percent chance of victory. There is no reason for what they did, and it's. I mean, it's it's just embarrassing at all levels. Like, there's oh. no way to explain. Like, they, it's like, it's not even like Georgia Tech had timeouts. They didn't have any timeouts. No, there's no way to defend it. It's something that can't happen. Mm-hmm. This isn't a video game. You know, there are yeah. consequences. Mm-hmm. Because now you just completely ruin any sort of momentum or rhythm you had. Yeah. This would be, I mean, it's different if it's like, you know, the game's out of hand. You yeah. do it just to do it. Mm-hmm. You do it when you're only up three. You're a 20 point favorite, I believe, is what you ended up being. Yes. Why? Risk it. Who, why even risk it? Sorry. 19 point favorite. 19 point favorite. Why risk it? Now, and then, you know, because you don't think about it, mm-hmm. but and then when it happens, it happens. You know, then you showed like the kid, cr- they showed the kid crying on the sidelines. It's like, come mm-hmm. on. But, you know, you know, they still fumbled it. And then, but, you know, credit to George Tech. They go down the field in 70, 26 seconds. Yeah, they go the length of the football field. Where is the defense? You know, you know, credit. Give credit to Haynes King, Georgia Tech quarterback. Gunslinger Haynes King. You know, you, if anybody remembers that name, that's the name everybody was bullying Texas A&M for having as a quarterback uh, just a year ago. This is a Georgia Tech team that lost to Bowling Green a couple weeks yep. ago. Mm-hmm. And they go to Miami and get a win, regardless of how it shaped out. But I mean, you know, and let's, let's, let's give Georgia Tech their credit. Um, they're 3-3 three and three in the ACC, and they haven't looked – horrible most of these games i mean they kept it close with louisville they were in a game versus Ole Miss till the end they beat wake forest that bowling green game is a horrible stain yeah. with a win against miami i mean it feels like anything's possible right now right right i mean it's been a couple of years but i could totally see george Tech go bowling this year maybe, maybe. i mean they play they play boston college at home next week they get virginia and syracuse on their schedule I mean, they need to win three more games to go bowling, and I think there's three winnable games on that schedule left. And you never know with the Georgia game. No, they're gonna don't don't, don't <laughs> give Georgia Tech any hope. They stink, and they should never. They didn't need to win. They ain't winning. Imagine if they beat Georgia. This is about Miami, Dylan. This isn't about Georgia Tech. Okay, okay. we're talking about Miami. Yeah, but it's Miami versus Georgia Tech. So let's be, you know, give the winner their fair due. I did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they can't, they don't win unless Miami does this. Yeah. To be fair, they put themselves in a position. They kept they, they kept this game really close with a team that they were they did. far outmatched. And I think the I think this is going to actually be the thing. Like, this is the catalyst, right? 
that is going to be the reason in a year and a half Mario Cristobal gets fired from Miami. Well, I was going to I ask, know that's, is, that's if, a, it's a very strong thing to say, but is it like, something that completely just demoralizes the team for the rest of the year? I think he's just lost the locker room forever. I don't think a single one of those guys in that locker room have any trust in their head coach ever again. And this was their biggest recruiting weekend, too. They had like 10 five stars in. Well, they just got one to commit there anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, I, I think we're gonna see some decommitting before signing day. Could. Like this legitimately is the worst possible thing that could happen to a program. Not only did you lose, but you lost because a coach was so incompetent they didn't just take a knee, go to victory formation and win a game. Yeah. No. It, like it's it's mind boggling. It is. It is. It's implosion, it's self destruction mm. at its very finest, and I think that's yeah. where we gotta leave. So Miami's got to regroup because they got to go to Chapel Hill for a mm-hmm. huge game in the ACC. So this was a best-selling Miami game in a couple of years too, which is wild. They, because they sold fifty-eight thousand tickets to this game. It's crazy. They're never going to do else? that again because people are never going to show up after this result. Yeah, we're going to move on to overreaction mm-hmm. or no, where I have a bunch. I have four statements. Yep. We're going to discuss or just decide on. Starts off with USC should be very worried about Notre Dame this week. Yes, obviously. Not an overreaction. Come on. Not an overreaction because it's they're going to lose. It's your biggest rival. It's your biggest rival. I think UCLA is. I, uh, I guess it's 50-50. I think UCLA, man, that video, you know that video of them lining up at the center yeah. of the field? About, yeah, that video we go, okay, maybe that is their biggest rival. But – Notre Dame, that's the that's the one where you have history. There's bad yeah. blood. But yeah, I mean you always gotta be USC. I I also think Notre Dame could turn around and look terrible in this game. I, I think they come ready to roll. I, I, I think there's a chance they do, but I think there's also a chance that like they're back home, you're playing against a team that mm-hmm. You know you got to score points, but I think you definitely know like defensively, like you're gonna be you if you shut them down, then you're gonna be fine. Yeah. I could see, and we'll t- I could talk about this in the preview, but like I could see like a, a Utah kind of formula where they're just going to ground and pound this team, yeah, and just complete physically out dominate dominate them because they got the guys to do that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes, not an overreaction. We are, <coughs> excuse me, we're on an eventual or an inevitable collision course in the SEC where Alabama mm-hmm. and Georgia will meet in the SEC title game. Overreaction. Okay. Overreaction. I'm just going to say, because I still think the SEC West is very wide open, because if LSU beats Alabama, which isn't a crazy thing to say at all, because Alabama still has problems. They do. LSU can score on anybody. But they can't stop anybody. That's the issue. And if Jalen Milrow is going to keep playing like they did, or Knights just scored... Uh, if they're gonna keep playing like they they have been recently, where mm-hmm. I think they figured out how to use Milrow, yeah, they're gonna pick apart that LSU defense. Again. That's what I think. But the problem I have is that A and M's A and M's defense is not very good. We've had this conversation a couple of times. That is not a very good defense. Well, we said Miami torched them. Their second, their front, their their defense, their the D line is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the secondary that if is gonna be the thing that is gonna. Uh, mm-hmm. 
what's the, I'm looking for get burned if yeah if they're not going to be able to get pressure and that's what ended up happening on Saturday yeah but now if you're LSU A and M Ole Miss like you're now a game and there are two back of them mm-hmm. so you need Bama to lose an SEC game but now most of their SEC all their big time games are at home yeah so. I think that's I, not, I, I think it's yeah. not an overreaction. I think we're I think it's inevitable at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't think Bama's going to lose now the rest of the year. Yeah. And I think there's a chance, but I also think there's a very solid chance that I wouldn't be shocked. If, I mean, the... LSU maybe because they can score, but again, you're going to get mm-hmm. into a spot where it's going to be like the old Miss game. Yeah, but we're going to move on to the next topic. Mario Cristobal and Jimbo Fisher are on the hot seat after Saturday. Yeah. Not yes. an overreaction. Absolutely. I think Jimbo less so, not because A&M people don't want to fire him, but because they physically can't. Yeah. They just don't have the money. I mean, it's like $100 million to get him out of there. I don't think it's – I don't. I, I think it's an overreaction a little bit, only because I don't think – I don't think it's a fireable offense – for what he did, if mm-hmm. it leads to losing the locker room and starts, you know, you start losing recruits yeah. and games because of it, maybe. But outside of that, I think they're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Jimbo is just another loss. He more so because depending on how this year finishes out, you already have two losses. We're only in the first week. We're only in the uh, first week of October. Yeah. Second week of October. Got to figure it out. Got to figure it out because this was the year. You bring in all these recruits every single year, and again, mm-hmm. nothing shows of it. So, yeah. Maybe if they get a new DC or something. Maybe I mean, maybe Jimbo's yeah. calling the plays on DC. Look, I mean, at this point, to me, when it comes to Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M, how, it's, it's, like, it's like a ship, right? Like you have like a boat that hit, you know, a rock and you're plugging as many holes as you can to keep it from sinking. But at this point, there's too many holes to stop. Like Bobby Petrino was a big sticker to fix one problem, but then another hole opened up right next to it. And it's their secondary. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it, there's so many problems that I think the Jimbo will never be able to fix. And I think that's the problem. I, I, I just I just don't think he's ever gonna win anything serious at Texas A&M. So if you're Texas A&M and you want to win something serious, I I think you have to eventually go. Uh, we might need to move on. Yeah, I I don't think it's soon. I think there's still mm-hmm. a couple of years of, for Aggie fans out there. But yeah. Have fun. Mm-hmm. We're gonna move. Uh, check that. We have one more topic, and then we kind of mentioned it, but there's no clear leader right now in the ACC. I think it's an overreaction. I think Florida State's still the clear leader. The other two guys, um, North Carolina and Louisville, they just need to play a tougher team to prove it that they're right there. But with the fact that Florida State has, you know, has the win over Clemson, has the win over uh, LSU, and they really don't play that tough of a schedule. Yeah, I think they're the clear cut number one team in the ACC. I don't know. How do you feel? I don't think it's an overreaction. Only mm-hmm. from the point that I feel like, you know, North Carolina and Louisville are teams that can 
you know, I think mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're teams that are able to compete. I think with Florida state, I don't think Florida yeah. state's as, I don't want to say they're as good as what the record says. Cause you know, LSU mm-hmm. has a really good defense, but or a really good offense, really bad defense. Yeah. Clemson is so stagnant, you know, they're like so inconsistent, but you know, that's at Clemson. So I'm not going to discredit that yeah. way. That's a good win, but you know, Outside of that, Florida State hasn't really played anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, they played for all tech. Who do they have this week? Uh, we get Syracuse, and then we play Duke. And Syracuse just got absolutely trounced by North Carolina. North Carolina's mm-hmm. got a, a defense that's much improved. Their offense yeah. is explosive as ever because now you just got Tez Walker back. Drake mm-hmm. May's playing on a whole other level. If he, Louisville does what they did against Notre Dame, who's to say they can't do that against Florida State or North Carolina? Can Flor- or Florida State just comes out and dominates like they have been. Yeah, I think it's wide open still. I just, I, I, just I just don't know because here's the thing: Florida State has things where if they show up in a game and they, they have just, the weapons to do it. Like like they held this LSU offense that we keep talking about. They held them to 24 points. That, we, that they held that them to one touchdown it. in the second half of that game. If they show up and play like that, I mean, let's be real. Louisville's not beating that team. Yeah. But, you know, obviously there's that chance, but I, I still think if we're going to say who's the who's the top dog in the ACC, I still think it's Florida State. I would go Florida State, and I North Carolina. I think the other two are right below them. It's closer I think, than I think people yeah. think, though. Okay. I will say that. I think I think Florida State's still above, but I, I think it's mm-hmm. close. Yeah. All right. We will finish out, though. I still, I, I think they're both top ten teams. I'll say that. Yeah. I do think North Carolina is better than number twelve in the country. They should be above USC. Oh, so now you're against USC? I'm not against USC. I'm just saying. You've all, all you're North always Car- for okay. USC. Okay. USC right okay. here. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith doesn't watch college football. Don't even. If it's outside, oh, he was, he was <laughs> on the AC. They he was don't on the, care. You know, he was on the AC. Yeah, him before. and freaking was it Michael Irvin or uh, was yeah? No, no, it was not Irvin. It was um somebody else. <laughs> was it Reed? I don't remember. It didn't matter. You yeah, know, outside of the you know, he's not. He's a casual. We all. Know I it. do think it's absolutely hilarious that when he goes on ACC Network for the Miami game, Miami loses <laughs> the Tech. But you know. Nice. We will move on, though, for our final segment as we wrap things up here. Winners mm-hmm. and losers of the week. As always, you know, we'll start, we start with the winners, and then you yep. have the losers. My winners, I'll keep it short and sweet. Carson mm-hmm. Beck slash Brock Bowers, I think those two together. Yeah. They, they, you know, both of them stole the show again on Kentucky or on Saturday completely. Mm-hmm. Both of them dominated on Kentucky. Yeah. He, you know, Bowers is the focal point should be for the focal point for any defense, and he mm-hmm. still finds a way to yeah. put up. A week after he puts up a career high, he goes for another over 130 yards and receiving yeah. another touchdown. Carson Beck comes out, plays his best game of the year. Mm-hmm. After you know a game in Auburn where he really grew up, he just continued it. He is just throwing the ball all over the place, gunslinging it, making sharp, crisp throws. And now the dogs are rolling, I think. Dogs yeah. got something going now. My second winner was Jalen Milrow. We okay. were waiting and waiting to see if this would, where we're finally, you know, have a big game. 
mm-hmm. and he finally got something out there on Saturday against AM, who is a, a solid defense, you know. Yeah. A, a tough a lesser secondary than what their D line is, but mm-hmm. really went out there and picked them apart for the most yeah. part <laughs> that Saturday and uh got him a big win. So those are my guys. Yeah, no, I think that you get some good picks. But uh, my picks were uh, Jeff Brom, uh, Louisville head coach. Great win. Great win for your first season in a program there. I, you know, we'll see if they can, you know, win out. I, I think I, I think we'll really see what they're made of when they get later into their schedule when they play like, you know, they'll play Kentucky at the end of the year. You know, they got some tougher games. Yeah. But, um, you know, great first, great first season so far. And then my other winner was Brett Venables. Okay, you know, yes. I would say, you know, a year ago we were questioning if he was the right guy. I think a lot of us were wondering, you know, did Oklahoma make a, you know, a heart pick over a brain pick for a head coach? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, a lot we, we really talked about how, you know, maybe he's not made to be a head coach. He's just a defensive coordinator. But, you know, he went out there a year later from being, I, I think they finished, what, six and uh, six and seven last year. Yes, because they lost to you guys and mm-hmm. yeah. Florida. They lost Florida State in the uh, cheese. No. Yeah. Yep. Cheese it bowl. Cheese it. Nice. <laughs> but you know, a year later, you beat Texas. You're undefeated. You're number five in the country. I think he's done a fantastic job in two years. Mm-hmm. Like I two mean, years in, and you're like, you're you're talking about maybe they could go to the playoff. Never know. I mean, they keep it rolling. Mm-hmm. They don't like they, they, this. Was their schedule set up to where if this was the big test and if they mm-hmm. could pass it, it should be a smooth ride in the back half. It, not saying yeah. every game's guaranteed, but it does, you know, it's not as formidable as some other people. Mm-hmm. All right. My losers are Mario Cristobal for what happened on Saturday. Just Cannot happen by any stretch of the means. Yeah. A just just brain dead, dumb, stupid, I don't know what you want to call it, but decision by him and the OC can't happen. Can happen. Should never have happened. Take the knee, end the game, go out with a win. Yeah. And said you cost your team the game. My second loser is USC. Mm-hmm. Go in as 21 and a half point favorites at home. I know you, maybe you want to call it a look ahead spot, but then again, you've played like this all year. Yeah. And again, it's the defense is going to hurt you as now you really get into the thick of your schedule. When you have teams to, you have, you know, four top 25 teams right there. UCLA, I got to double check. I believe maybe ranked two, but you have They're ranked now. Yeah, so you have five, still have five ranked teams on your schedule. Mm-hmm. And that defense is going to cost you games. And again, yeah. Caleb Williams, if I'm telling you right now, if he had that game next week or against Oregon or Washington, they're mm-hmm. going to get trounced. Yeah. That's 17 nothing that Arizona was up by. That isn't going to be, a, you're not coming back from that. I hope you know that. So those are my losers of the week. I think you had some pretty good losers, but I like mine a little bit more. Uh, my, <laughs> that sounds so bad. <laughs> my my first loser, I had Texas A&M boosters. 
Um, just because they have to get ready for the inevitable. Yep. You know, you know what the inevitable is too. Yep. You're ready to pay Jimbo's buyout. Then you got to pay your next coach's buyout, and then you have to pay your next coach. This is just setting up for Bobby Petrino to slide in and take over. That'd be crazy. Can you imagine if we get Bobby Petrino in the neck, <laughs> the neck, the neck brace, but he's wearing like the Texas A&M sweater? He's wearing the maroon. Yeah. Maroon. <laughs> yeah. And then my second loser, I had Mark Snoops. Okay. Uh, simply for his comments. Oh yeah, did you see that? There's poor <laughs> people around. Take it easy, Mark. Just team just got their ass handed to him. You're gonna well, just you know, out. maybe maybe your fans should pay more money. Then we'll yeah. get better players like Georgia. You haven't like. beaten us or beaten Georgia since. 2009, when you took mm-hmm. over in 11, you still haven't competed against us. Yeah, you've so, never beaten Georgia before. No, so stop. Stop. Worst years of Georgia's program in like 2016, you didn't win. Nope, you lost. You still lost. Mm-hmm. Those are I think that's everything, losers. yeah. That is that's winners everything. and losers. Wow. Wow, we got through a pretty good time. Pretty good timing. Yeah. Uh, you know, as we said in the beginning, Mm-hmm. We are still trying to get to 100 subscribers. Yeah. Keep – if you're new to the channel, mm-hmm. if you're just kind of mindlessly scrolling through college football YouTube and you stumble upon us, first of all, welcome. Yes. Second of all, hit that subscribe button because we are twice a week, all year long, talking mm-hmm. ball, and we would love to have you around. Hit that subscribe yeah. button. Hit that notifications button too to know when we're rolling. Mm-hmm. Like the videos, it would means a lot. Yeah. You guys are it's watching. Yes, it's yes, it's very, very. It improves. It boosts the confidence too. You know, mm-hmm. knows that you know. I like to check everyone. I like to go in and check after our videos are up, and and I see people are viewing it. It makes me happy. If yeah. people aren't viewing it, it makes me sad. You know, we don't we want sad, we want happy. So subscribe, hit the like button, keep viewing. Mm-hmm. Dylan, any final thoughts? Um, I'm just excited for our uh next show on Thursday. It's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be a fun, fun preview week. I think there's a lot of good games this weekend to talk about too. Oh yeah, big games this weekend. So so please watch this one, like this one, and then watch the one on Thursday too. Yes, for sure. Before the games come out. Yes, for sure. Okay, this is episode 40 of College Football Talk. Hope you guys enjoyed. See you Thursday. See you guys. Peace out.